Blog Talk Radio. The following broadcast is brought to you by the iGolf Sports Network. The Women of Golf Show is sponsored by the iGolf Sports Network and Golf Tips Magazine. iGolf Sports is a live stream broadcast and media production company providing quality programming designed to attract the golfing enthusiasts. And Golf Tips, the game's most in-depth instruction magazine with insightful reviews on the latest equipment, tips from top teaching professionals, helping you improve your game from tea to green. Good morning, welcome to the Women of Golf, the number one women's golf show around the world, with hosts Ted Odorico and Cindy Miller. Join them as they interview some of the best players from the Epson, LPGA and Legends Tour, and so many others helping to elevate women's golf. So without further ado, here are your hosts, Ted and Cindy. All right, good morning, everybody, and once again, welcome to the Women of Golf. I'm Ted Odorico, and right alongside, of course, each and every week is none other than Legends Tour player and LPGA professional, Cindy Miller, and we are your hosts here on the Women of Golf. Good morning, Cindy. Good morning, Ted. How are you? I'm doing very well. Welcome back. Uh, you were recently did one of your uh, your boot camps as you get ready to wind down this season. And then, of course, we ran into Thanksgiving. So happy Thanksgiving, of course. Thank you. Same to you. And um, we got a great show. We're, we're going to be joined a little bit later on by Debbie Wakis. Uh, she's a founder of Golf for Cause, uh, also a speaker and author. Um, but first, we're going to jump into the no BS zone to start things off. And I thought it would be fun, uh, before we get into the discussion, I want you to maybe just give us a little bit of a, uh, a cap of what went down at Orange County. You went down at, um, when we last spoke. You were down at uh, your boot camp at Orange County National in Orlando. Um, now, was that a junior or adult? Adult. Adult. We had okay. four couples. Okay. So how did that go? Give us a, a synopsis of the situation. How did it go overall? How do you feel? You know what? It was one woman that takes lessons really consistently, and she had said, you know, my husband's an accountant, and he can't come in the spring because that's his busy time. Would you be willing to do one in November? And I said, yeah, as long as you get the people. So she got play golf together at the same club, and I only knew one of the couples, but it was mm. great because everybody was friends. Right. It, it was It was awesome. It was just awesome yeah well and that makes so. yeah and that makes it more more fun because everybody knows so th- there's not quite the same nervousness um that you would typically maybe have in a situation like that where people don't know one another um and you know a lot of them probably have played together and as couples and things like that uh, against one another and whatnot so that makes it even extra special so yeah that sounds like it was a great uh, great boot camp well the reason why i asked that as you know from our notes um, we're going to talk about uh, what makes a successful boot camp, and we're going to hit both junior and adults. We're going to start with the junior first, and the reason I want to do this is I, I don't think people maybe really appreciate um, what goes on uh, in the preparation and what goes on at the boot camp, so I thought we would ask our resident expert, uh, a.k.a. Cindy Miller, um, a little bit about that. So walk us through a typical day at a junior boot camp. What what goes on in a typical well, day. You know what? The boot camps are the same whether you're junior or you're adult. 
again, you got to learn how to hit the shots when you need them. And mm. so when people think about joining boot camp, I say to them, you have to be committed to want to get better. It's not a golf vacation, right? Right. <laughs> and there's because it's nine or ten hours every day, and you're going to learn a lot and hit a lot of balls and, you know, reflect on you. And um, we do a behavior assessment. We do a motivation assessment. And we do, excuse me, a learning style assessment. And in those assessments, we find out who you really are as a person. Example being Tiger Woods is a high D. He's a competitive control freak. Lee Trevino is a high I. Christina Kim is a high I. Influencing, talks a lot, wants to have fun. Alan Miller, Ernie Els, and Jason Duffner are all high S's, very steady. And mm-hmm. a high C would be Bernard Langer, perfectionist, you know, is that yardage from the front of the sprinkler or the back of the sprinkler. You need to identify who you are. And then you need right. to be able to identify how you might adapt your behavior on the golf course. And what I mean by that is um, when you're standing over a shot and you're nervous about it and you get clenched butt cheeks in fear of where the ball might go, you need to be able to identify who you become. And a high C, which is the perfectionist analytical person, is going to ask 400 questions and want to be perfect and tends to play real slow. Right. So they may need to adapt their behavior, and if their secondary style is D, they need to raise their, like, stop it. Let's just hit the shot. That's, a, that's what a D would say. Or if their second behavior style is an S, they might say, it's okay. I've done everything I need to do. I need to make the swing. More than just let's go hit balls, it's identifying who you are, how you learn. Do you want to see it, feel it, or hear it? And and what I mean by that is if you're learning something and I say to you, can you feel that? And you're like, I can't feel anything you're saying. Well, you're probably an auditory or a visual learner. Why don't you show me what you want me to do so I right. can do it myself, you know? So all that stuff matters because mm-hmm. people, if you have the skills, so here's the big deal. If you have the skills to hit the shot then why don't you hit the shot? Now, a lot of the people, there was a woman that came to the camp. There were there were four women, four men, but one of the women lives in Florida for the winter. And, you know, somebody told her a long time ago, keep your left arm straight. Well, there's no way that arm's ever going to bend. Well, that arm lock is causing all her bad shots. The good news is she was willing to trust me day one an hour after the camp started, she was like, I'm done. This is great. Oh, my God, I can't believe how good I'm hitting it. Because she was willing to trust what I said and believed it. Now, right. others are like, mm, I don't know. You know, that's, you know, the whole world tells you to keep your arms straight. I don't believe you. So, again, it's can I hit the shot? Do you have the skills to hit the shot? And most people don't. Most people don't. So we work on skill development and then mental golf training so that you can play better on the course. Now, so the typical day is we start in the morning. We go over the assessments. Everybody gets a notebook. 
and we have tchotchkes and, you know, tea gifts and stuff, swag, right. if you will. And I've created an Own Your Game notebook with a yardage book cover on it. So that goes in your fanny pocket with a pencil all day long, right? Mm-hmm. Every day. That's where you're going to write notes down. And uh, we start with the morning meeting. We talk about the assessment reports. We ask any questions. We give them goals and objectives for the day. Then we go out on the range the first day, and we start with under 50 yards. So I put markers down and they this notebook, and they have to figure out where am I gripping the club, how big am I swinging, and how do I fly at 50 yards on purpose, then 40 yards, then 30 yards. Follow? Yep. And then we go in and we have lunch, and then we go play at the Tooth, which is Orange County's nine-hole short course. And... The first round we played on the tooth last week or the week before, we played nine holes, real tees, play the whole course. And the second round we played 50 yards and in and you have to shoot 36 because that's what we worked on in the morning and you have to keep score. So it's that kind of stuff. So, in some of the preparation, building the skills, you're covering obviously um, things like the, the standard fundamentals, grip, posture, you know, that sort of thing. You're working on those. Um, what do you if find? Right, that we sure. So you know, obviously, you've done the other assessments, and now you're looking at them, and you're saying, okay, where, where where do you see improvement needed? And those are the things that you isolate um, specifically. So somebody might have bad posture, poor ball position, what have you. Those are things you're going to work with that one. But the other person may have, you know, uh, something else, bad grip and, you know, who knows? It could be other issues or a straight arm, as you mentioned, with with the one young lady. So there's obviously a lot of differences that you're going to find. Um, So how much time each day do you spend on working on those skills? Is it something you do early, you know, for an hour or so every type morning. of thing? Just, okay, so every morning you, you revisit that. Um, okay. Like the so, last day, it was going to rain, mm-hmm. right? Right. And the second day, we play the real golf course, 18 holes, one shot, one ball. you got to play in four hours and 15 minutes, Right. And mm-hmm. Alan and I are with, there is no group that doesn't have either Alan or I with them. So right. if somebody has trouble, you know, we're there to help them. And, and we help them make decisions when they're on the course. But the last day it was going to rain. And we were doing chip shots around the green. So chip and run. And we were trying to show them different shots and techniques. So Alan's got a chop shot that he learned from Lee Trevino. And the mm-hmm. chop shot helps you get out of Bermuda rough. Well, some of the people, needless to say, that live in Florida or go to Florida a lot, wanted to stay with Alan and continue working on these short chips, whereas the other people wanted to go play golf. Right. So we divided up. I took half of them, and we went and played, and then Alan stayed with them, and they did the short game, and then they went back to the range to solidify what they've been working on, you know, the past three days. So it's really customized to what you need. Mm -hmm. And we identify, you know, is it skill development, which is basically, you know, if your grip is yucky, 
you know, stop pinching with your right thumb because you're restricting your wrist bend at the top. Therefore, you're not going to hit it as far. Um, they all know what they're working on. And we have a video program that we, everybody gets their own library and an account on this program. And they all can look at it at night. <clears throat> they can text us. I've already had three of the five or three of the eight students send me videos last week of I want to hit balls. Let me know what I'm doing. And I can respond right. immediately and, you know, record over it. So we mm -hmm. work on every part of the game. We start with under 50. Then we do <clears throat> full swings. Then we do bunker shots. Then we do chip and runs. You know, we do, and then we do putting. Mm -hmm. And putting, we measure their alignment, you know, with a laser. Do you know how to align yourself? And if you don't, we, we change your setup so that your eyes can triangulate to see where straight is from four feet. If you can't aim straight, and only one person was inside the circle at four feet out of eight people. So most people well. do not align correctly from four feet. <clears throat> so there's a lot of things that they would never take the time to do that they learn at boot camp. Yeah, and, and, and that's the thing is most people, I think this is really why so many people struggle. Um, and it's good that you, you isolate that. I mean, obviously, if you're working one-on-one -on -one in, in general lessons, you can do that as well. You can, you know, isolate and, and identify some <laughs> of the issues. But a lot of people don't really focus and don't really know what their, their issues are. They just, you know, kind of flail around and, and do, you know, whatever and I think this is why it's so important for people to come and work with a professional like yourself and Alan because, um, you know, it, it's easy for us to watch things on TV or watch videos and try to emulate, but if you don't really understand the whys, um, you know, why things happen a certain way, um, it's very difficult to articulate um, without somebody there to sort of, you know, you know what I mean, to sort of fill in the, the blanks. Um, so, what, you know, and I want to, I know you, are sort of lumping them together, the juniors and adults, and I, and I get what you're saying, but I want to ask specifically because there there is a little bit of a difference, and I'll explain in a second here. You know, the adults have a different motive for wanting to improve. I mean, depending on their age and so forth. What's typically the motivation for juniors? I mean, you ask, you know, you've mentioned this many times over the years on the show, you know, to sort of find out what your why is. You know, why are you? Why do you want to play? What's typically the response you get from the juniors? And what's sort of more often the response that you get from the adults that attend your boot camps? Well, the juniors typically want to play college golf. Mm -hmm. So, and depending on how old they are, in fact, here's one of the things. I've got one junior who's really and wants to go to a really good school. And his golf game is not good enough to be on the golf team at any of these really good schools. Right. So I said to him, what do you want to do when you graduate? What are you going to major in? Well, I want to be in business. Okay. You want to be in sales? Well, I don't know. And he caddies at a nice country club locally. And he caddies for a lot of business people. And he's very intuitive and asks thousands of questions. And hmm. I said, I want to tell you something, that if you go to work for this particular company and you're in sales, two years after you graduate from college, no one's going to ask you where you went. But they might mm -hmm. ask you if you play a golf team. So I want you to evaluate and talk to your parents 
like he wants to go to Georgetown, George Washington, Duke, you know, really, right. really good schools, right? right. And not that right. there aren't a lot of other schools, because there are. And I said, I just want you to know that if you really want to play golf, you can go to a good school mm-hmm. and and get a degree and play on the golf team, which means you need to work harder at your golf game. Now, if that's not what you want, you don't need to work that hard on your golf game because you're already on the golf team in school. You just made sectionals. So mm-hmm. you don't need to spend the time or the money to do this. Well, they were going to go to junior boot camp in February, and they backed out of it, which I, I would do too if that were my child. If if all he wanted to do was go to an amazing school and not be on the golf team, why would you spend thousands of dollars on golf lessons? So we try to help these kids understand, you know, where are you now? What are you shooting? You know, we have to measure because that's what a coach cares about. What do you shoot? Mm-hmm. And are you high maintenance? Are you a good kid? You follow the rules, you know, that kind of stuff. So we try to help them decide, you know, where's my path and what do I want to do? And you're also offering an objective voice, too, because, uh, you know, as we've talked about before, when we've had a similar conversation about juniors, um, you know, there are some situations where they really just don't have the wherewithal to play, you know, I mean, anybody can play competitive golf to a certain degree, but um, at a higher level, um, and you have to really sort of put things in reality. Again, you're not trying to squash dreams or anything, but at the same time, if if the kid is to put it bluntly sucks and is just not likely uh, going to grasp it, and, and depending on their age, then you have to have that conversation a little bit as well as well with the parents, of course. But um, is that correct? I mean, you do you do that well, a lot? Yeah, where... it's about the number. And the other thing is, they have to be resourceful. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't know. I think it's the upbringing of these kids in this generation, you know, I think they're helpless. And I, so I try to teach them, you know, well, I don't have a bigger tee. I said, go look for one, go get one from a different mat. You know, I'm like, hi, I'm not your servant here. (laughs) So again, you know, you're not helpless. And, and so they also need to know. So here's an example. I have a six-year-old that comes in. The mom texts me. She said he wants to play in the U.S. Kids Golf Tournaments next summer. Well, he played in our Under Armour League, and he in the fall he just started mm-hmm. playing golf, and he doesn't know how to hit it a certain distance. He doesn't really know how to aim. He just thinks golf is fun. And the Under Armour League is perfect for that because the parents can caddy. If they make triple bogey, they pick the ball up and they go to the next hole. They write down triple. And I said, well, and that's why you start with Under Armour because it's the the opening up of I think I like to compete. And I said, I'm not trying to squish him from playing in U.S. kids golf, but I'm going to tell you we've got to hit every shot till it's in the hole. And Mm -hmm. this is real golf. And – I would go look to see what the maximum score is because there is a maximum score. And if he shoots that, he might get kicked out. And that would be worse because this kid's a perfectionist. And I said, what Mm -hmm. I would do is work on his game all winter and do Under Armour and set a goal and say, okay, you need to shoot this or you can't play in the next one. 
Right. Therefore, making him accountable with a goal, and again, you hate to do that, but the kid gets it. He's sick, right? But he's really yeah. slick. And, and again, he goes, well, our goal for him is to do this, this. I said, what's his goal? Right. You know, <laughs> you know let's not plan the kid's life when he's six. And so they finally got it. And I said, look, and we're going to make this fun. But I said, don't push him. You know, both parents were trying to caddy for him the first round that he played. I had to walk out to the ninth hole. He didn't know how to take a drop. I mean, the parents don't really play golf. It's like he's not ready. He's not ready. And you have to be able – I don't want to be a creep, but you got to tell him the truth. Yeah, and I think a lot of it is, I mean, the the parents, you know, sort of want to will their child, um, and and this is where, and this is why I'm sort of bring it full circle back to the boot camps. This is why I think it's a great opportunity for you know many of the youngsters, obviously the adults as well, um, to come to a, a boot camp like the ones that you and Alan put together because. Number one, you guys are going to keep it real. You're going to be honest with them. You're going to assess the situation. You're going to look at them as individuals and say, okay, what are the pros and cons that they're having to face? And what are the challenges that they're going to have to overcome? And they're going to get it real. Whereas parents, you know, they, they, they're that soft pillow for them to land on. And they're not going to sometimes, some, now I shouldn't say that because there are exceptions to the rule where some of them get too you know, overbearing in that, but then there's a lot of them that just, oh, you, you know, you can do it, you can do whatever you want, and I know exactly what you're talking about with today's generation is they've been told that they can be the next CEO of any corporation they want, and that's just not the case. Not everybody has those skills, just like not everybody's going to make it out to the LPGA or PGA Tour or any other tour for that matter. Um, so it, it's a balancing act, and it's a matter of what their level of commitment is going to be, but first and foremost, you, they have to answer that why. Why do they really want to play? Is it to, you know, appease the parents, you know, to make them happy, or they really generally have a vested interest? You know, we've we've talked about uh, this with many of the young ladies that come on from the Epson tour, and you know, most of them from a very early age had that spark to play competitive golf, and that that's what drove them. Um, and I'm sure there were some that got pushed and prodded along by their parents, but for the majority of them uh, that we've spoken to, it was something that was you know, inside of them. They just developed a passion and a love for the game, and that's what they decided they wanted to do. And they ended up pursuing it, um, whatever they had to do to get to that level. And, you know, I think it's it's important that, as I said, that, that juniors particularly, if they have that interest, or if they just want to even learn how to play, that they do go to something like your boot camps that you offer, because I think it gives them an opportunity to really learn um not just about the game, but about themselves as well. What's typically, just before we, we run out of time, what's typically, from the adult's perspective, what do they want to get out of the boot camps? What are they, why are they coming? Well, I had one guy who said, I would play more often if I could hit it better. So mm-hmm. he's embarrassed. And, right. And part of, and I've created a, um, a mental game course that I'm launching December 12th. And if you're interested, email me, Cindy at CindyMillerGolf.com, and I'll tell you about it. But he, everyone has demons, everyone, everyone, everyone. Mm-hmm. And depending on how good you want to get, we need to dig down to find the demons that are inhibiting you from hitting better shots than playing your best golf. 
and this guy is afraid. And, and so the first day, I told him to do some things, and he hit it awesome. And he's like, well, that was kind of easy. I go, well, yeah. You know, so people don't know what they don't know. A lot of times in the game of golf, teachers tell people everything they're doing wrong. Right. And they focus on what they're doing wrong instead of telling them how to do it right. And so this guy's coming in for a lesson on Thursday this week, and I said, you're my new project. I'm going to make you get this. You are going to have so much fun playing golf because it's a challenge for me. And and then he's like, oh, you know, oh, thank God, you really want to help me. Of course I want to help mm-hmm. you. That's why I do this. So right. <laughs> I, that's one of the things, you know, they have to learn how to hit it better. And, and that's what it, most of it is. You know, yeah. there's a reason why the ball goes where it goes. And if you don't know why it went there, you can't fix it. And mm-hmm. the other thing that I do is I trick their brains. Because your brain gets locked in to certain patterns of, mm-hmm. you know, well, I always move forward because I'm supposed to get my weight to my left side. Well, you're getting it there too soon, and that's why the ball's going over there. So if you can see emotion out of it, it's all a fact. It's all physics. The ball goes where it goes because the face points there. What did you do with the face to make it go there? And, again, it's just facts. And once you understand that, oh, I can't do that, well, what will I do? Now we're going to work on what you're going to do right to fix it. Yeah, and, and you know, you, you raise a really good good point is that most people um, that – have dropped out of the game, uh, especially as they get older, is for that very same reason that this gentleman struggles with, is they're not playing very well, they're frustrated, they're embarrassed. You know, maybe one time they did play a lot better, but their their body isn't as good a shape anymore, and, and for whatever reason. Or maybe they just were never really a great player, and they've tried to improve, but they're just not doing, you know, they're going through the motions. And eventually they get to the point, they've bought all the gadgets, they've, you know, listened to all the tapes and all that, and that just they're not understanding. And a lot of times it's, again, not to blame any specific people, but sometimes you're right. I think that a lot of times in golf is focused on what they're doing wrong but not really showing them what they need to do to make it right. And that just adds to the frustration. And, you know, we, we've got to be real in this industry that if we're going to help people improve, we actually have to do that. Um, final question I want to get you to do is just to sum up what's a successful boot camp for you, what do you what do you consider a success or a win for you? Obviously, besides attendance, which you uh, get very uh, favorably, but what what would be at the end of the day? What's a successful boot camp for you? That I was able to communicate with each person that was there, and give them a game plan to what to work on to continue to improve their game, and that they enjoyed their time with us, and thought it was you know a, a good investment of time and money. Right. And, and each of these people responded, you know, that they had a great time and that they were glad they came and learned a lot. I, again, you just want to help people. Mm-hmm. It, it's not about the money. It's can I get through to this person, which is why it's so important to know behavior styles. Because you have yeah, to communicate you... with people differently. Uh, uh, yeah, I was just about to say that, with, you know, with, with so many different ways of of learning you know i think that's something that we're starting to understand not just in golf but in everything 
uh, a little easier. And you know, even in school, they're starting to recognize that you know everybody learns a little bit differently from one another. And you know, I think that once you sort of crack that nut, um, it makes life a lot easier. Um, and for for both sides, for from a teaching perspective, but also from a learning or student's perspective. So I think it's important that communication. And uh, but at the same time, we got to be communicating the right information. So very interesting uh, discussion. Uh, you know, I think hopefully people have a better understanding of what goes on, what your thought process is, and uh, hopefully you'll get even more people reaching out and doing these boot camps. You've got some more boot camps, uh, real quick, uh, coming up. Do you have dates yet? Yeah, January, February, March, and April. March and April have room. January Perfect. and February right. are full. Okay, and how can they reach out to you if they are interested? Cindy at CindyMillerGolf.com. <clears throat> Excuse me, Cindy at CindyMillerGolf.com. Perfect. All right, we're going to take a real fast break, and then we'll be back with our special guest, Debbie Waitkus. The following ad is sponsored by Golf Tips Magazine. Are you tired of being short off the tee? And what about those three putts? Forget about it. It's time you got serious about your game. Golf Tips, the most in-depth magazine in the industry. For over 30 years, Golf Tips has delivered expert content such as the latest golf instruction from America's top pros, simple-to-follow practice and game improvement drills, fitness and mental game tips, equipment, training aids, accessory and apparel reviews, golf destinations and travel tips for every budget, and so much more. Don't miss a single issue. Go to GolfTipsMag.com and subscribe today. All right, welcome back. Uh, we're going to be joined momentarily uh, by our very special guest this morning uh, who's been on a number of times over the years, Debbie Wakus. She's uh, the uh, founder of Golf for Cause. She's also a speaker and author. And uh, she's also worked with a longtime friend for a number of years before her passing, uh, a Hall of Fame, uh, World Golf Hall of Fame member uh, and LPJ co-founder, Marilyn Smith. So, Cindy, let's welcome back Debbie Wakus. Good morning. Good morning, Cindy. Good morning, Ted. How are you? Good morning. We are doing fantastic. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for getting up early well, we... for us. <laughs> oh, well, it's not so early here as it used to be with daylight savings since we don't change. True. That's True. right. That's oh. right. Do you want me to go ahead, Cindy? Sure. Um, so, Debbie, first off, welcome back. We're always happy to have you on the show. Um, so a lot of things have changed, uh, some new things happening. But uh, before we get into that, tell us a little bit about uh, – we had you on last year before uh, the Marilyn Smith Pro-Am, and you had a lot of exciting news to share there. Give us just a sort of an overview of last year's event, how it went, and, and so forth, and then we'll talk about some of the things that uh, – you came to talk on uh, today for next year. Oh, my goodness. You just put a huge smile on my face. <laughs> Last year's event was so wonderful. And I think, number one, you've got pent-up demand for things given COVID, but even on steroids or at an exponential level because of Maryland's passing and um, this being really the first pro-am that was held since her passing, you could feel the love in the room or the love in the air uh, type 
of thing. And when we partnered with the Arizona Golf Association, the Arizona Golf Foundation, to put this together, and they included a Senior Women's Open, which was just incredible. So the number of pros that came that not only participated in the pro-am, but also in the week's activities with the Sunday tea, which is a meet and greet that happens the day prior to the pro-am. It was just incredible. Kathy Whitworth, Sandra Palmer, and Susie Burning were the three participating honorees. And, you know, putting them together to listen to their stories and oh my God, are they hysterical, especially Kathy Whitworth. I mean, I think her last name having the word wit in it is, um, was for a reason or something. And uh, Bill Huffman, who's a, uh, in the Arizona Golf Hall of Fame and an award-winning writer and um, radio personality here in, in Arizona, he, um, he asked one question of the panel or, or, during the Sunday tea and then turned and said, okay, I have already lost control of this conversation. <laughs> the ladies just took it and the energy was amazing, just amazing. There were a lot of young ladies, uh, young golfers in, in the room, so to speak, for the Sunday tea who were able to hear the stories and I think really be inspired by, by these women and not only these three ladies, but also the other pros who were in the room. And they were very approachable Mm -hmm. for a lot of people to go up to and speak with. And during the pro-am itself, I had the pleasure of driving around with Sherry Turner to meet and greet all the players along with, Susie Burning and Kathy Whitworth as we handed out little trinkets to all the participants. And the players, the the Pro-Am players, had so many stories of where they had watched these ladies play and a particular event. And I was just sitting there um, enamored with seeing how Kathy's eyes lit up when, you know, remembering that same event and the fact that that event had made such an impression on that person. Um, I mean, they've impacted lives in so many ways. It was just, it's so powerful. It's so powerful. And then, of course, at the end of the day, we raised a lot of money, and that event added 15 scholarships for our 2023 class. So we yeah. are very excited for um, for that as well. The, I mean, the outcome it was just a home run all the way around, all the way around. And and you guys have raised over a million dollars um, over the years of doing this to help for these um, uh, scholarships, correct? Oh, well over a million. We've already awarded right. over a million. So there's right. more yeah, that's, that's sitting in the fund. And, um, yeah, yeah, it's, um, it's incredible. And it's incredible. obviously you get – you get some probably, I'm sure, some great feedback from some of these young ladies, the recipients, of course, I'm talking about, as they move forward in their journey in life. Obviously, they're very appreciative of, of the opportunities that they're given. Um, but what's been some of the feedback that you get from them? Just a, sort of a general idea of, of, um, of some of the recipients. Well, we actually have, we call them pearls. Actually, they name mm-hmm. themselves Maryland's Pearls. And we have a pearl on our board. 
if that doesn't tell you anything, right. <laughs> um, given right. that that um, desire to be involved and to um, to pay it forward, so to speak, and act like a founder, um, the we, when we surveyed them in 2000, overwhelmingly the sense that um, someone believed in me, that the money was important, but even more so the fact that someone believed in me. And the taking the inspiration such that anytime I'm feeling down, I know, I know that I'm going to be okay. Um, the, one of the really cool things is that as part of our foundation, we are in the process of gathering and creating uh, well, it's already happened, but this um, a mentorship community of the pearls and so that they can come together for whether it's uh, reaching out to each other. It's, it's a sisterhood, if you will. And then mm-hmm. we've added to that community through the LPGA Professionals, which is formerly the Teaching, teaching Club Professionals group, um, the label, the name changed. Uh, every year in the central section, there's an Amer- a Marilyn Smith Service Award and that's um, awarded to a particular woman who exemplifies the giving back in Maryland's spirit. And those ladies have also now been, um, been deemed to be pearls, and they are part of that community as well. And what's neat is that, I don't know, you know, I think both of you have received rewards and honors, and it's mm-hmm. nice. Mm-hmm. To it, mm-hmm. it's, it's well, that's an understatement. It's really nice to receive a recognition, <laughs> but once it's done, it's done. But right. now there's something else. There, there's a little, there's a more meaning behind it, and there's still engagement, and that um, that moniker stays even longer with with a purpose, if you will. So a lot of um, I'm glad you brought up the pearls because it's a lot. There are a lot of really wonderful things. The fact that they're now contributing to our communities and, and out there being um, just incredible citizens is, it, it's, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. Well, it's very much like a pay it forward or pay, you know, giving back, if you will. I mean, to, to um, these young ladies who have obviously greatly benefited through um, this process now are able to continue to share within that community but also to outreach and, and so forth. And it's a great way, really, to um, mimic what Marilyn did with her life. I mean, she obviously enjoyed a, a career early on, but continued to do, find ways to give back and to help others. And that's really what makes her very unique um, and very rare, unfortunately. We need to have more like that out there. Um, but I think that was what made her um, unique. Um, Cindy, go ahead. Um, I know you've got some questions. When is the 2023 event? The Pro-Am is on Monday, April the 24th, and the Sunday tea is the 23rd. And then the Senior Open, which will happen again, it's a partner's event, that's on the 25th and 26th of April. Awesome. Yeah. So, so it's already awesome. getting close. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be here before you know it. <laughs> That's true. So Break out your pearls. Our listeners help you out. 
Oh, my goodness, in, in a variety of ways. Num- uh, on our website, which I'm so excited, we now have a really a, a website, thank you, Tracy Hupko, um, is golfitforward.org. And there is a link to the site there. To There'll be a link for registration or sponsorship or whatnot. But um, as far as donations, whether it's for prizes for auction and raffle, whether it's putting your team together and coming out to play, and also there is a commemorative program if someone just wants to put an ad in the program, that's great. Or if they want to buy a T-sign, that's great. And all of that information is, um, is um, available through the Golf It Forward website. So great question. Thank you for teeing that up. <laughs> You're welcome. Ed? Well, and, and you know, I think it's, um, you know, I think it's important that people obviously do something to help uh, again, Maryland's sort of laid laid the foundation um, and created these opportunities for uh, to really again, uh, as you put it, golf it forward. Now, you guys actually uh, now have a 501c3, correct? And mm-hmm. obviously, That's correct. Sort of a, a, D, a DBA uh, now called Golf It Forward, and and part of the reason was obviously to to make it a little bit easier. Uh, as you put it, to roll off the tongue than the Maryland Smith and Founders Legacy Foundation. So you've kind of edit it down a little bit to make it, it simple. Um, talk about a little bit about that process and what moving forward, uh, are there new goals that are going to be added to the existing ones? What are some of the challenges that you're going to be trying to uh, overcome, if you will, and and um, I guess new opportunities that you're looking for as, as things uh, move forward? Well, I think that with any organization, there's uh, nothing is stagnant, right? And mm-hmm. you do the same in your business. And the the fact that we actually went through a process of doing a DBA, which was really a cathartic process with our entire board that includes family members as well as some of us like-minded folks and a few uh, people that we just sort of lean on for ideas. And coming up with something that was really that could survive uh, as far as a label that could survive and be meaningful for all ages and for all times um, that was an exercise unto its own with respect to some of the things within the organization we're still working on our memorabilia component we have a plethora of memorabilia and and can always use more, right? Um, But what's Mm -hmm. the best way to purpose it for educational purposes, for awareness, um, so that if I hold up a a trophy or a glass, I mean, what's the real meaning behind this? And being able to deliver that to an audience in ways that's meaningful to them. And that audience is is all ages. And we've got to remember that so many of us – have shorter uh, time um, patience at this point, or we're looking at things on screens versus walking into a museum. So that's one area of one aspect of what we're doing. In addition, our, on, the, on the back burner at this point, um, but not far from our mind's eye, is that Maryland Scholarship Fund is the number one 
beneficiary, I guess you could say, of our foundation. Yet, Mm -hmm. um, I guess, how how can I put this best? Maybe we're looking to do like Maryland's United Way, if you will, in the sense that once we um, have a, um, we'll set up a, a grant committee, if you will, so that we'll look at things that other LPGA players, pioneers and tour players, especially the ones who were close to Maryland, so many of them have foundations and are doing things that are amazing. You look at Betsy King and and Golf for Africa, for example, and Renee Powell Mm -hmm. with what she's got going on at Clearview, and even Judy Rankin, what she's got with her suitcase program for getting girls to be able to have travel money. Um, If we can then allocate money beyond our, once we hit a threshold of how many scholarships we want to do a year with whatever money we have left over in order to fund for that year, um, Maryland's United Way. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, really, that's really the vision. And I can just see her smiling um, on that. But I did, before I forget, want to say uh, one more thing. When, Cindy, you asked me how can people help, um, Also on the website, there is an area for the scholarships themselves. Right now, the portal is open until January 31st, and we're doing 24 scholarships this year in concert with the LPGA Foundation. And if any of the listeners have contacts with young ladies who are graduating seniors in high school who have the intention to play golf collegiately, please encourage them to go to the website and there's a link there so that they can go ahead and uh, and apply. But it has to be done before January 31st. And don't wait till the end of January to do it because it's a, it's a process and there's lots to do, mm-hmm. including all of the applicants watch the Founders film. And there are questions in the application process about the Founders film or how that resonates with the applicant. So even if the girls don't, become pearls, they've at least gained some insight as to um, the history of the LPGA and why the scholarship is even available. You actually answered the question I was about to ask. <laughs> oh. So you beat me to the, you beat me to the punch. That's exactly, I kid you not, was going to be the question I was going to ask you was about the scholarship application. I, I do want to just expand a little bit on that though. So sure. generally you, you, you've talked about essentially what the qualify are, are there any specific qualifications just have to be a graduating senior with an intent to play are there any other um, you know qualifications that you're looking for um, or that are required uh, to, to be considered well the girls actually um, it's a little bit more than the intent to play they they have to actually be accepted onto a team at the college okay. where they intend to go um, and just I think you know most most students who are applying for loans or, or grants or funding, um, these kids are stellar kids. They are right. um, they're bright. They're they've got the athletic background and they've done a lot of community service. Um, within the application process, they'll have letters of recommendation that need to be provided, they'll, they'll complete the form and an essay and whatnot, um, which, which most of them are pretty well adept and prepared for to begin with, given that they're doing college applications. 
Um, it is not needs-based. Um, and I can talk to you from personal experience. My daughter, who um, was a volleyball a collegiate, or a, she ended up going to college and playing volleyball, um, you know, the, you know, we make too much money. But what we budgeted for her to go to the school that she chose to go to, there, there wasn't enough. And her academic scholarship helped uh, because it mm-hmm. was Division Two. There was not, um, it was not uh, funding for the sport. So it needed to be made up in fundraising dollars. And so I know that it's not a lot of money. And, and yes, um, knowing that someone believes in you is good, but every little bit helps, whether it's right. for books or for housing or whatever it goes towards. It, it, it completes that gap and gets a girl to a, to a school that she wants to, that she couldn't otherwise have gone to. And Marilyn was all about education and getting girls to school. And it's mm-hmm. not necessarily um, the opportunity to become a tour player, although Caroline Ing- Inglis is a good example. She's a tour player who is a, a, a Marilyn Smith Pearl, um, who, and she's currently on tour. But it's more of you get to school, you're going to get an education, and you start out with a community of, of friends. You know, you, you're there. You're not, you're not flying solo. You've, you've got a support network when you get there. And how special is that? And that really um, was part of her, 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 her vision. Um, of course, in addition to creating the opportunity for women, because that wasn't there when she started. Right. Are you seeing, as a result of, of what you're doing now uh, through this foundation, seeing a rise in, in applicants? Are you seeing more and more young girls um, going down this path? Um, say, compared to several years ago, say five, ten years ago? Are you seeing a, a, a sort of a surgence, if you will, I guess is the right way to put it, uh, of young women that want to you know, get into golf, that want to go down this path, um, that sort of fit right in the wheelhouse of what you're looking for? Well, I'd like to say yes. However, over the last two years, we had a blip with COVID, and things kind of right. cut, came, came back. So we're watching very carefully this year, with some of the outreach that we've done, including today, to, in order mm-hmm. to encourage more young ladies to apply. And I know from the enthusiasm and the responses that I've received that, oh, we got these, these two girls went, applied because we put it out there. We heard from them. So, you know, that's very um, grassroots and mm-hmm. um, it's not empirical at this point. So after, that's a better question to ask me after January 31st, Ted, because I think we'll know. But I feel, I'm feeling it because I know, I think I want to feel it too. You know, Polly and the dead <laughs> here. But... <laughs> Um, well, and I think too, I think too, as you meant, yeah, as you mentioned with the COVID and that, obviously you're going to see when we saw a lull in a lot of things. I think that as you know, we come out on the other side, I think that it, that interest is is going to um, might take a you know a few months still, but um, hopefully you'll see a, a resurgence in that. Um, you also have an auction um, that's going on that closes December 10th. Um, I'm assuming, obviously, a silent auction. Yes, it's an online silent auction, and um, I'll give you a URL, but folks can go to, there's a link also on the golfitforward.org website, but the URL for that is 32auctions, and it's plural, 32auctions.com 
slash golf it forward. And mm-hmm. there are so many there, you know, get some holiday shopping done. <laughs> there are things <laughs> that there, there, there are trips, there's golf, there, there's memorabilia. And in fact, um, one thing that I think is very, very special, we have a handful of Shirley Sporks books. And Shirley, mm-hmm. for those who don't know, is another one of the LPGA founders. And she passed away in April. And the mm-hmm. thing that's special about her books is that they're autographed. And those mm-hmm. obviously now are limited edition. And so there are, right. are a handful of those in the auction. And, and um, that's, that, that, those won't come back. That's, I mean, that's very, very special. And, and that book is her story from green to tea and um, also very, very powerful. We, we can learn so much from these ladies, so much. Oh, I couldn't agree more. Um, Cindy, go ahead. I don't have anything to add. You've done a marvelous job. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I live, eat, and breathe it. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and hope that others will too. I, you know, I think that the the what these ladies did. The LPGA is the is the oldest women's sporting organization in the world, and the fact that they did this, they were they were entrepreneurs before entrepreneurs were anything, right? Who knew from an entrepreneur back, you know, seventy two years ago, and but they were they were girls. And now I want you to think about being a parent and how you encourage and support your girls. I mean, who in their right mind would have done that and allowed their daughter to go drive around the country and, um, with, <laughs> you know, think about it. So, you know, kudos to the parents who really nurtured them and, and tolerated, I'm sure, their friends saying, you know, why isn't, you know, Marilyn at home making babies, you know, and, and all of that. Um, but what mm-hmm. they did in order to build a tour and those skill sets are so important to what you and I do in our businesses every day. And I think you both have probably pens from Marilyn that, you know, say mm-hmm. the name of her tournament on that. And I think that's something that she picked up driving around with her dad, who was an insurance salesman, and he left a little trinket for, with everybody that he visited and made a little note about them so that he'd remember mm-hmm. to call and ask how the wife is or how the kid is or what happened with the dog or, you know, whatever it might be. And those are all things that, um, that, that Marilyn and, and then the rest of the ladies did. They all they put on their entrepreneurial hats and, and built a tour and sustained a tour incredible yeah it's amazing really the you know the story um behind the founders obviously i had the pleasure of um having marilyn and shirley on on the programs and um you know just both very very um humble in so many ways uh but very passionate about what they do and it's um you know it's an honor for somebody that's in the golf industry to look at at them and what they've done what they've spearheaded and the sacrifices they made to make it that much better for the ones that follow uh, afterwards. But um, so just a quick wrap up. Um, there's an auction, silent auction going on right now, closed December 10th. Uh, the Pro-Am will be April 24th, 2023 in Arizona. And the scholarship application portal is open through January 31st. And all of the information to access any of that is going to be found on the website, golfitforward.org, excuse me, golfitforward.org. 
www.thepowerofprayer.org. Debbie, thank you very much for joining us and sharing once again um, your passion, but also Marilyn's passion for uh, helping others. I think it's um, it's it's great. We always enjoy having you on the program and always learn something new along the way. And one of these times we're going to have you on uh, in addition, and maybe you can share. I'm sure you've got some whoppers of stories from both ladies, uh, Shirley and uh, Marilyn, of some of their uh, earlier days when they were traveling around. I'm sure they've shared some some very memorable stories that might be uh, entertaining for our audience. I hope you come back and do that. Oh, I would love to. Thank you so much. And I appreciate your passion as well because you're doing it. So golf it forward, right? And uh, mm-hmm. Cindy and Ted, enjoy your holiday season. Thank you. You as well. Okay. All right. Thanks, Debbie. Thanks so much. All right. It was Debbie Wakus, uh, founder of Golf uh, for Cause, uh, also speaker and author, and uh, working very diligently um, with the Marilyn Smith uh, Foundation. Of course, now it's Golf at Ford. And again, that website is golfatford.org. Uh, all of the information about the uh, next year's uh, Pro-Am and the auction and obviously the scholarship uh, portal uh, will be found. All of the, the links and so forth are on that website, so make sure you check it out. All right, we've got uh, two shows left, Cindy, for the season, uh, the 6th next Tuesday and then the 13th, and we'll be taking an extended break and we'll be back on um, February the 7th will be the first day back, so we'll be gathering some new guests uh, in the meantime, but taking an ex- uh, extended break uh, to uh, enjoy the holidays and spend time with family and friends, so we we'll hope you come back for the last two shows of the season, but always a pleasure, Cindy. I learned something new about the boot camps that you talked about earlier, and uh, I'm glad that they're continuing to be a success for you, and I know that you, you and Alan do a great job, so thank you for that and helping spread the the word, if you will, uh, in golf and helping golfers uh, become better. But uh, thank you as always. All right, that's it. We're going to wrap up, and we will see you next week here on the Women of Golf. God bless everybody, and thank you. Thanks, Cindy. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed listening to this week's Women of Golf show. Ted and Cindy wish to thank this week's special guests. Remember to join them every Tuesday from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on the iGolf Sports Network or on any of these social media platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, TalkStream Live, and of course Spotify. To get updates on the show, you can follow the Women of Golf Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash womenofgolf. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.